Hello and welcome to the Later in Life Love podcast with your friend Mimi and her boo, A to the J. We have a special episode for you today. It's the end of season two, and we decided to once again do a Q&A episode. We're going to answer your questions and respond to your comments. Yes, we had lots of voicemails left for us at the website. And after combing through the dozens and dozens of them, we kind of weeded out the duds. You know, we didn't want any duds. So we got the best of the best. And those that, you know, had really good comments and questions, we're going to tackle them right now. Let's get to tackling. Sounds like a plan. All right. Here's number one. Hi, I am a new listener, and I just want to say I think your show is great. Um, I never thought about speed dating, but I do now. I think um, I think it's crazy, but I think I'm going to give it a try still. Thanks. Um, thanks for talking about it. All right. So that one was about speed dating. I think I remember that from way back in the day. That was when we did our interview with Lynn. She talked about how she got into speed dating and how she would have never thought that that was uh, the way to go to try to meet someone and really gave us a play-by-play or a playbook of how, what, where, and how speed dating works. And, uh, you know, we were just as interested as everyone else. Neither one of us have tried it and looks like our caller uh, might give it a shot. Yeah, that's really exciting to know that someone is willing to try something new based on a an episode. So that's really exciting. I hope the caller lets us know how it goes. It seems like with um, COVID restrictions easing a bit and people maybe gathering and, and doing more things that it might, that aspect of life, the speed dating might actually be more popular again. One of our most popular episodes this season was on relationship scams. And here is a comment about that. I was just listening to the um, podcast on relationship scams. I have been vulnerable and I was taken for almost a million dollars by exactly what they said, where, you know, you're so invested that you don't hear that your friends tell you that something's wrong. And it was exactly what you said about love bombing, that they're treating you so well and they seem so smart and have jobs or careers that are not definable. It's so, so true. It really rang true to me. Okay. So this caller had some trauma. (laughs) I'm sure listening to our episode uh, about uh, those that were scamming and uh, wow, she said, or maybe I need to clarify. Did she say over a million dollars? Is that what she said? Yeah. She said she was taken for over a million dollars. Wow. I hope that was an exaggeration, but then again, she, you know, really sounded (laughs) like she had been through some things. And even Mm -hmm. the fact that her friends had seen things that she didn't see. Um, this is definitely a very trusting person. Um, I hate that that happened to her and you know anyone else that might go through that, but hopefully, uh, you know, our podcast gave them the relevant warnings and signs to look out for. Yes. And I actually had a friend of mine, she did, didn't leave a recording, but um, she told me about a friend of hers that had experienced a catfish situation 
also and how she as a friend had to navigate that whole issue with um, being asked for money for this catfish and knowing it, but knowing that her friend didn't see it. And so it really can happen to anyone. And they, like we said before on that episode, they know how to pick them. So I'm sure he had, he or she, who knows, (laughs) he or she has some screening questions to know that, oh, wow, this person's got some money. So that's, it's very sad, but it happens. We had another call about the catfish episode. It seems like that was pretty, uh, pretty popular episode. I'm going to play that one. Yeah. I found that uh, this episode is great and it's beneficial and helpful for a lot of people who are victimized by these people who prey on weak, lonely individuals, older individuals. Uh, we don't have any way to punish them, but it's just so sad that these people do that. And after listening to like almost 15 minutes of this uh, uh, podcast, there are great things they're talking about. Uh, the thing they say that you what things you pick on and what questions you ask if you are contacted by a uh, by a scammer like this or a catfisher uh, and everybody should listen to this and follow these uh, guidelines to how to how to trap somebody and because we as human beings have are very soft-hearted and we get victimized because of that and these people are taking advantage of us i love the podcast and informative i love what this caller had to say except please everyone does not have to do the investigative reporting that i did <laughs> for this we don't necessarily want to encourage that <laughs> nah, they don't have the skills for that, that that's you babe. <laughs> yeah we we don't necessarily want to get involved and try to trap people and try to punish them because it unfortunately they're very hard to catch uh if there's anything that can be reported to the authorities you you most certainly want to do that but that's the challenge of it is that they're very hard to catch and once you've given that money away through whatever means usually something that's untraceable like cryptocurrency that's usually what they like to do uh it's very hard to get your money back it's very hard to get justice so the best thing is to not get into that situation at all and as he said as a as or maybe he didn't mention being family or friend but um when you're on the sidelines watching this happen don't be afraid to be that lone dissenting family or friend that isn't uh all gung-ho and trying to be um positive about it and maybe if you do see those red flags to say okay slow down here wait what you gave them how much money? How long have you known them? <laughs> you know, don't yeah. be afraid to do that because the person could be getting into a slippery slope where, like the previous caller, the next thing you know, they're in a million deep. Unfortunately, it happens. You got a million to spare, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I thought that I had heard that in some states there were actually some laws on the book. You know, he said that you can't punish these people, but there are punishments for them. You know, he may not live in that particular state, but that is something to at least look into if you have become a victim of a scam as, as that. Absolutely. Although the challenges with most catfish situations is that it's international. They might be calling from somewhere in 
Nigeria, for example, very common. So it's hard to to track that person down. But if it is someone local and it's something that you can do, by all means, go ahead and do that. If you can get them, definitely get them. Another thing he mentioned was, you know, humans being so kind hearted. Um, I really think that has to do with your upbringing. You know, I've uh, been in situations where I've dealt with humans who had a heart that wasn't kind at all, (laughs) who were very... um, defensive or took everything and everybody on the defense as though, hey, you're wrong and you got to prove yourself right. Maybe he grew up in a situation where, oh, everybody's innocent until proven guilty and, you know, kind of roses and sunshine and nobody would do me wrong where other people's lifestyle has been. Watch out for everybody. They are out to get you and they have to you have to work, you know, triple hard just to prove yourself to be a good person because they're always on the lookout for that something bad that's going to go on. So true. All right. Let's hear the next one. This person had a comment about honesty. Mm-hmm. Just listen to the podcast about your relationship and the openness, the honesty. Um, I particularly love the part about the phones being up. I think that's fantastic. And they're not really having secrets from each other. I just coming out of a, a marriage where I'm incredibly not um, a jealous person and I'm not even involved or caring about whether or not someone has a physical relationship with someone else. Um, in this case, my husband. But what I absolutely cannot abide is dishonesty. And if someone else has a need to hide that and therefore is dishonest, that is the impact on me. Everything else, I really, I could care less if if there is love in the relationship and there's physical outside of relationship activities, it doesn't matter. But I think that that honesty that you all are talking about is just absolutely the key. Okay, so we're just going to let that slide that he doesn't mind. (laughs) If his partner has a physical relationship outside of theirs, as long as they're honest about it. Is that what I heard? That is what you heard. Okay. So he's like, cool, just go do your thing. Just tell me about it. Now, does he want the person to tell him before or after? Like, I'm getting ready to go have a physical relationship (laughs) or I just did. Okay. Either way, um, yes, honesty is the key. That's our mantra. That's what we preach. That's our doing things differently. Not that. Either one of us have been totally dishonest in other relationships, but yeah, I've had my dishonest moments and not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Yes. I have to admit, I was a little shocked by his comment about being in an open relationship, I guess, and him being fine with that, which that is a lifestyle. It's people are doing that. Um, but overall, his comment about honesty is 100% right. I mean, it's a major pillar in a relationship that you have to cultivate honesty in order to build trust. So, one of the common themes that we heard in questions and comments from you this season was regarding something that we've talked about pretty frequently, which is how well we get along mm-hmm. and how we really don't argue very much, if at all. And of course, we had our Y'all Ain't Real episode. So, we got several comments about that. Here's one of them. I just wondered, um, I like to avoid conflict too, and so I tend to be silent, but is silence really healthier than fighting? And also, what happens if one person in a relationship um, thrives on conflict, but the other one doesn't? How do they work that out? Thank you. I think I've lived that thrives on conflict, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm the person that wasn't. My 
defense mechanism <laughs> was to be silent. I don't have to do that in my current relationship. So I don't, you know, I don't know how to help this caller other than it didn't work out for me. If <laughs> you are the person that doesn't want it and they just have to have it. What about for you? As I was listening to these, I was thinking just as you were like, okay, I'm not the right person to ask <laughs> because I didn't stick it out to figure out how to deal with this. Obviously, we've mentioned this many times. We're not dating experts. Um, we can speak to our experience. We can offer what not to do <laughs> in some cases, but we're definitely not dating experts. This is more about us talking about our experiences and just helping, encouraging people to know that it's never too late for love. Here's some things that you might experience in that journey to love at, at over 40, but we definitely don't have all the answers. And this is one instance where I'm not sure what to tell you <laughs> because, um, yes, I've experienced that in a previous relationship too. And um, I was miserable. And that's why that relationship did not last. Mm -hmm. You just have to let people know sometimes that, you know, every situation is not the end of the world. It really doesn't matter if uh, you're right or I'm right. It's not going to change the course of history. So let's agree or disagree and move on. Yes. And speaking of previous experiences, here's one about that. The question I asked was whether or not you guys thought that part of the reason that you don't have the jealousy is because you are past 40 and you have some life experience and you've realized that it's just not productive. Age is definitely a factor. Aaliyah said it ain't nothing but a number, but yeah, it's a number <laughs> and it comes with experience. That experience has you know, led me to the insight that it's not going to end the world because the world has never ended. Even though you've had those situations and thought, wow, this planet might not exist anymore. <laughs> this planet is still here. So the world hasn't ended. Right. And that is one of the beautiful things about later in life love is I think we do tend to not sweat the small stuff at this age and let some of those things go. And jealousy is definitely not productive. Um, I would say in, when I was younger, I was probably more prone to that. I've never been a, a super jealous type person digging through phones and that type of thing. But I was probably more jealous when I was younger. Uh, now, it's just not a factor. Of course, I am very solid in, in my relationship, so I don't have a reason to be. But of course, that's not stopped people either. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, that I do think it is a benefit of being older is that you do, you are able to not sweat the small stuff if you've at least learned from your past experience. All right. I've always heard people say, you know, I wish I had the, the body and youthfulness of my 20s with the wisdom of my 40s and 50s. Those two combinations would be great, but uh, those don't usually happen at the same time. So true. Well, we had several comments about our phone face up policy, and here's one. Hey, AJ, Mimi. It's Mark here. I just wanted to leave a message about the, the latest podcast. 
First off, congratulations. Y'all are doing your thing. Enjoy listening to all of your podcasts that I've had listened to of yours so far. So congrats on that. Hope you guys blow all the way up so that everybody can get some of this information. But hey, I just wanted to just message about the aspect you guys were talking about, about uh, leaving your phone up. Great gesture. But like you guys said several times in, in the podcast, if it works for you guys, I personally don't leave my phone up, but it's not about a trust thing. You know, my wife has my uh, passcode. She can check whatever she wants to check, whenever she wants to check. I have all my passwords to my email, my whatever I have. Everything is on my work computer. But, uh, yeah, she can check any of that stuff anytime. Uh, I have no problem with that. I do put my face, my phone face down, but only because of the type of phone I have, which is an iPhone 13. Uh, the camera sticks out a great deal on the back, but also the case that I have, it allows the phone to not slide when it's face down. When it is face up, it slides on whatever surface it's on. You know, if I go to grab it, it may slide and hit the floor or whatever. So that's really the only reason why I do that and have done that. Just want to um, comment on that. So my dear friend Mark had a lot to say about the phone face-up policy. And so his first comment is regarding the overall design of the phone. What do you think about that, babe? I'm, I'm over here testing my phone right now. The case that I have, um, I don't know if we get a sponsorship, but shout out to Quadlock. But the Quadlock <laughs> case tends to be just as stable, both face up and face down. So I don't know. As far as my iPhone is concerned, the Quadlock case, I can go either way. So I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm, I, I'm, I need to leave it face up. Okay, here we go. We're going to disagree here mm. because I also have, as you know, the quad lock case shout out to quad <laughs> because lock. you got it for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, shout out to quad lock, as you said. And I do find I did the same thing. I'm like, wait, let me see here. So when I did put it face up, it does seem a little, not a lot, but the part that protrudes that you actually lock in slides mm -hmm. a little bit more. Whereas face down, again, not a lot of sliding, but it is a little bit more stable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but well, see, barely. Putting, well, my phone is face up on the couch, a nice cloth surface. So uh -huh. either way would be just fine. And when I'm at the dinner table, well, usually there's not a phone, but if there happens to be, I use a placemat. So <laughs> then it wouldn't slide. So it's only when you're on those hard surfaces that there's, you know, a 3% difference. I just don't know. Um, That's a good face point. Up, face up, face up. That's a good point. I actually tested it on my desk, which is a hard surface. <laughs> mm -hmm. Put it on that mouse pad if there's a difference. Barely. Mm. Barely. Okay, Mark. What else does Mark have to say? <laughs> Let's hear and also uh, playing devil's advocate on this whole thing. You guys can speak on this. I'm looking forward to hearing your comments on this. Uh, but um, leaving my phone face down, not me personally, but leaving the phone face down, someone could make the case for that allows you to stay present in your in whatever situation you're in. So if I got all these calls or text messages or whatever coming in or I'm surfing the internet or whatever it is, it doesn't allow me to remain present in the situation that I'm in. So if we're watching a movie, I don't want those interruptions. If we are you know, having a conversation, I don't want those interruptions. So interested to hear what you guys think about that. 
I agree with you, Mark. When you are with your special person, you want that phone out of sight, out of reach, out of mind so that you can be present. And I think we spoke on that on one of our podcasts as well. So yes, 100% keep it out of out of sight. But I think a better solution than just to have it face down would be just put it in another room. You know, it's kind of like uh, when you're driving, they suggest that you put it in your glove compartment. Now, I personally don't do that and don't really know anybody who does, but that is the suggestion. I think I would be much more likely to put it way out of the way, out of sight, put it in another room, be present with your person. And, you know, if you have a burning question over who sung what song in 1974, you could always ask (laughs) A-L-E-X-A and that person would tell you uh, instead of immediately reaching for the phone, because not only would you look up the song from 1974, you might just see, oh, I just got a text from so-and-so. Oh, I just got an email. Oh, there's an Instagram. And then next thing you know, 20 minutes have gone by and you figured out it was the Commodores. I feel like I've been challenged with that lately. I know you've called me out on that. Multitasking with my phone, checking one last email for work while we're talking, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, folks, it's not all perfect. (laughs) We're still a work in progress. (laughs) Yes, we are. And we both have to be aware of that. So this next call was about uh, also about the catfish episode. And in case you're wondering about Westtown in Chicago, we have a pretty good authority on that. Let's listen. Hi, Mimi. Hi, AJ. I'm listening to the latest podcast, and I haven't finished it yet. But as a 51-year resident of Chicago, Illinois, USA, I can safely say I've never been to West Ham. Um, and I doubt anyone with the last name Gendu frequents any place called West Ham. And you're correct in assuming there is no place called West Ham. Okay, love you both. Bye. Oh, I love that. Thank you, dear friend, for clarifying that. During that episode, I made mention of the fact that the brat, the brat, uh, often mentions her zip code in lots of her songs, lots of her raps. I couldn't think of the zip code at that moment, but it definitely it is the 60644. And that's the west side of Chicago, not West Town. So, yeah, you're from the 60644. You know about the west side. West side. Anita knows about the West Side, but it is not West Town. No West Town. No West Town. This next comment is about social media, something that we talked about a lot and we did an episode on. Here's what someone had to say about that. Hi there. My name is Steve. My comment is that it doesn't seem to be any way to avoid um, social media these days. Sort of an only way to uh, to uh, find uh, and connect with uh, with people, especially since COVID. So thank you for doing this uh, this particular episode. I agree with them. It's pretty hard now to just be out there at the grocery store and strike up a conversation with someone and ask someone out. Definitely social media has become entrenched in our lives. And even in the dating world, almost everyone I know, including us, has met online. And you have some type of social media presence, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, or all of them and others. It is pretty hard to avoid it. I do agree with him on that. Yeah, you have to 
almost make yourself not be a part of it, uh, especially the younger you are, because most of your peers are part of it. And it's, you know, an integral part of their life, especially, you know, I teach uh, younger adults, middle schoolers, 12 and 13, and they are all about it. And it's rare that I find that one or two whose parents won't let them and they actually obey their parents and have no idea or just, you know, don't participate at all. Most are all in and concerned about the number of followers, the number of likes, the it's all about the numbers for them. And when there's an issue that someone didn't see, didn't like, didn't comment, uh, that can become pretty a pretty major focus and get them really off task with uh, as far as schoolwork is concerned. Yeah, that's one of the unfortunate side effects of social media technology it can be used for good. It can help us stay connected. It can be a beautiful thing. But like anything else taken too far can actually affect your mental health, right? unfortunately. Sure. Well, this next one had something to say about uh, our sort of categorization of our relationship. Take a listen to this. It is terrific, your podcast. I really enjoyed it and look forward to probably hearing more. I wish you would use the word cooperate, though, to describe your relationship. That really hits well. Okay, what do you think about that? What do you think he meant there? Because it's a little bit cryptic. Cooperate. We need a dictionary definition. Not that we don't cooperate. It's just that we've never really thought about using that term. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he was talking about sort of um, almost more equality, because I know we've talked about the fact that we're a little bit more traditional, you know, do kind of believe in the head of the house and that kind of thing. I know that seems probably antiquated to some people, <laughs> mm -hmm. but maybe that's what he was talking about. I'm not 100% sure. Okay, but we're going to make a concerted effort to cooperate. Let's cooperate. Yeah. Cooperate very well, actually. <laughs> we actually do. I think we do. Our strengths and weaknesses tend to complement each other. And we're very good at, you know, picking up the sack where the other one falls short. I think that's called cooperation. I think it is. All right, let's hear the next call. Yes, I'm wondering how you can specify that you want that kind of person where you don't have conflict and everybody is just trusting and you take all of that negative stuff out on your dating profile to kind of screen for people who do thrive on conflict. You don't want that. So how do you word that in a way that can help filter people who don't embrace the no conflict. Thank you. Speaking of social media profiles, I thought this was a great question. And I almost was a little bit triggered mm -hmm. <laughs> because it brought me back to reading some of those dating profiles. And it's always a little bit off-putting when the person would say something like, no drama in all caps, or if you're uh, into drama, swipe left, or is it left? Swipe left, or that's very off-putting. It feels like, oh my God, this person has really been 
traumatized and, and easily triggered, and it tends to be something that you would avoid. So it is a little bit, uh, you have to think strategically how you can state that without sounding like a jerk, <laughs> basically, and that like you've in the past picked jerks. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I thought that was a great question, <clears throat> but I guess that would be a question for you. Babe. What, what would be something that in the past you would say, oh, okay, this person's drama free, but they didn't say it in a way that sounds like they're a jerk. I don't think there's a way that you can <laughs> list on a social media profile your personality traits, that everybody's going to make themselves sound as though they're the best thing ever. They've never had any problems, and it's a mystery as to why they're single. But when you get to know them, that's when the the stuff hits the fan. You know, anybody can pretend, especially when you're just typing up a profile. But you just never really know until you get in there, until you actually have a conversation with them. There's the, those first few voice conversations say a whole lot about that person. Uh, anybody can type the words and you can try to read between the lines if you want to. But, you know, I just don't think that it can be worded so that you believe and then it turns out to be true that they are a reasonable, sane, drama-free person. Okay, but she's talking about a way of wording her pro profile as someone who is not drama or someone who is not into conflict so that she articulates that in a way that's not off-putting. I just think be brief. You know, if someone is interested in you, they'll step forward. I don't think that long drawn out paragraphs about <laughs> how you feel and how you run your life are going to be that key factor that, you know, Mr. Wonderful is going to step forward at that moment. Just give them the minimum and then, um, you know, let your actions speak louder than your t typed words. Okay. I feel your pain, caller, because I mean, I feel like she's not even looking for Mr. Wonderful. She's trying to avoid Mr. Jerk, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it is challenging. I don't know. Um, whatever I wrote, it uh, attracted a wonderful woman and she's here now. Hello, Mimi. <laughs> Oh, you're so sweet. Well, thank you for that compliment. And speaking of compliments and how much we are crazy for each other and how great we get along, our Y'all Ain't Real episode had a lot of feedback. A lot. A lot of feedback on, on that we one. We touched some well. nerves on that one. Some some people, uh, <laughs> they, they weren't feeling us feeling each other. <laughs> Absolutely. We we got some, some pretty interesting comments and questions. And this may be the most interesting call that we got. We ready? Brace yourselves, folks. Here we go. Well, 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 Mimi and AJ, y'all ain't right. Um, first of all, what's this phone up stuff? Um, why even go there? If there's trust, what does it matter? Sunshine and roses? Yeah, nobody has that. You know, your poop stinks too. And I do get the better than thou attitude and snooty. I almost feel like you trying to defend the fact that maybe you don't have a good relationship and it's all a cover up. Nobody knows but you two. Tight lipped, no confrontation, arguments. Yeah, everybody has it. I don't care who you are. You may have um, things that happen that you don't think are, are relevant, but everybody else would. Yeah, I just don't get it. So, for whatever it says, I'm not buying it. Y'all ain't right. You need to back up and think about what you got going on in your life. <laughs> 
<laughs> we ain't Tell right. us how you really feel. <laughs> we ain't right. We ain't real. That uh, in her world, there's no we such thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're snooty. You know, we're I think snooty. that trans. I think that translates to bougie, bougie <laughs> slash snooty. That is us. Hey, we live it. We own it. <laughs> that, that that's the way we're gonna be. So you know. But in all seriousness, I kind of feel sorry for the caller that they haven't even had a glimpse of. Not to say that you know it has to be excellent and every moment is roses, which I hope we don't portray that. But it doesn't sound like they've even had the slightest bit of a non-confrontational, non-conflict relationship. That in every moment they are, or she is, or the person that she's with is looking for a reason to prove that you're right, to have an argument, to disagree, that there's just never a place where they see eye to eye. And I'm sorry, honey. Oh, bless her heart, as they would say down here in the South. Bless her heart. Yeah. Um, like we said, we did that episode because we have been called out before that people are like, come on, it can't be that perfect. And I don't know where we have tried to even imply that it's perfect. I mean, we've said numerous times we're not relationship experts. We've made mistake, mistakes in the past. We're trying to do things differently now. We're navigating this later in life love thing just like everyone else and um you know we have our bumps in the road just like everyone else so uh yeah i feel like there's there's some projection going on there um i don't want to insult our loyal listener though please keep listening (laughs) we're not trying to insult you we're just we're calling you out how about that? <laughs> How about go. that? Yeah. No, we are we are very real. <laughs> Um, and not just uh, faking the funk, as they would say. What you see is what you get. Now, of course, we're not going to air all of our do- dirty laundry and tell you all the bad times and all the conflicts that we have. We're going to share a few minor disagreements, but that is actually all that we've had is a few minor disagreements. It just We tend to get along. That's called being with the person you're supposed to be with. Absolutely. And I do think that until you experience that, you don't know it. You know, um, we talked about this the other day where until I experience the level of trust and uh, love and deep communication that we have, I just thought that in the past when I was in a relationship, oh, we're not there yet, but eventually we'll get there. <laughs> you know, whereas mm-hmm. with us, it was that way five minutes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. it's like until you actually experience what a great solid relationship is, yeah, I think you are pretty, you can be pretty skeptical i've been there too so i i get it caller but it really does exist skeptical yeah sounds like a hater we got some hateration <laughs> on, on the line congratulate don't hate <laughs> there you go and our last comment and question is also regarding the y'all ain't real episode take a listen I just listened to the episode, Y'all Ain't Real. And I guess my thoughts on the episode is uh, is Y'all Ain't Real. <laughs> and I say that because it seems like you were really describing a relationship where you never actually dealt with any serious conflict. In other words, everything's great when everything's great. But I would like to know how the two of you deal with something when there is an issue that can be resolved. And maybe some tips for a relationship with two people with strong 
strong personalities where there is a conflict. Thanks and keep up the good work. Can I just say I appreciated her style of skepticism a little better? For sure. <laughs> yeah, she was a lot more gentle with hers. A little, <laughs> slightly less hate. Um, she definitely has a point in the fact that when there are people who really thrive on that conflict, which we've said in this episode, it's just not going to be the same. Um, that isn't us. We don't thrive on that. We thrive on making each other happy. It's not, it's, it's more about the other person than it is about self. And so with that said, we're going to go above and beyond to, you know, make sure that our relationship stays intact and that we honor the other person. Uh, absolutely. And again, we don't want to imply that we've never had conflict or we've never had a disagreement. Of course we have. And um, to answer this caller's question, um, one of the things that we do, which we've talked about before, I was I was thinking of like, what, what is an example of something we've really disagreed on? <clears throat> and one thing that uh, came to mind was there was a situation that happened and I wanted to talk about it with all parties involved. I'm not going to get into specifics, but you know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about it with all parties involved and let's have a sit down with everyone and just hash it out. And you were like, mm -mm, mm -mm. we're not doing that. <laughs> and I really was And I actually even, I don't think I told you this, but at one point I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, when everybody's in the room, I'm just going to talk about it. And I, and I thought to myself, no, I can't say that, um, you know, I respect your leadership and do that. So I, I had to like check myself and be like, okay, no, I'm, go I'm going to do it your way. And uh, I was actually glad that I did in, in the end. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that we do is when we do have conflict and it's, I feel a certain way very strongly, you feel a certain way very strongly. Um, uh, it comes down to, you know, um, your guidance and, and your leadership because I, tr I trust you in that way. So that's not to say I'm not always going to, or, uh, you know, I'm never going to disagree with you and, you know, and say, no, wait a minute, I really feel strongly and this is the way it's going to go. That's not to say that'll never happen, but at least so far, um, you know, we've been able to navigate some of those things by doing it that way. So, but that type of trust and that type of bond doesn't just come overnight. That's something that you have to earn. And I'm glad that I've earned my stripes, you know, that I have shown you that I'm not going to lead us astray and that even if there's a major situation that we can talk it out, both give our opinions and we can try to see it each other's way and we will come up with a solution. You know, it really doesn't matter whether it goes your way or my way that we're just going to respectfully go with it and agree to stick with the plan if that's our plan. Absolutely. And it's it's worked. It's worked for us. So those are some comments and questions for season two. We want to say thank you to all of you who left your voicemail messages and sent in comments and questions. Even if it didn't make it, we heard it. Um, but we appreciate you staying involved. We appreciate you being part of the Facebook page. We appreciate the comments and questions that you sent in by email at admin at laterinlifelove.com or um, the voicemails that you've left, left us at anchor.fm forward slash later 
in life, love. Coming up on season three, we are we have some really fun things planned, some great topics based on your suggestions and your questions. So we're really looking forward to starting season three. It's hard to believe it's season three, babe. Yeah, we're moving on in, man. We we're gonna have like a, a whole catalog of podcasts pretty soon. And I'm I'm glad that you brought me along on this journey. I know you started alone and brought me into it. And now I look forward to mornings when we record. Hey, let's do it. Come on. Yes. It's a fun activity that we share together and we appreciate you all joining us in this journey. Because remember, it's never too late for love. It's never too late. 